That is the fundamental aim of the brain is continually redefining normality. It's constantly adapting. But what's powerful is that you can have agency in the direction of your adaptability. Understanding perception and becoming aware of how and why I perceive what I do in general and in particular suddenly gives you the possibility of choice. It's easy to talk about the successes, but what doesn't get talked about enough is the struggle. My name is Eric Weinmayer. I've gotten the chance to ascend Mount Everest, to climb the tallest mountain in every continent, to kayak the Grand Canyon, and I happen to be blind. It's been a struggle to live what I call a no barriers life, to define it, to push the parameters of what it means. And part of the equation is diving into the learning process and trying to illuminate the universal elements that exist along the way. And that unexplored terrain between those dark places we find ourselves in and the summit exists a map. That map, that way forward, is what we call no barriers. Today's conversation is with Dr. Bo Lotto, a neuroscientist and world-renowned expert in perception. His research explores the ways in which we experience the world through our own versions of reality. As Bo puts it, the brain never sees the world as it actually is, only the world that is useful to see. Bo is a three-time main stage TED speaker and is the founder of the world's first neurodesign studio called Lab of Misfits. Part lab, part creative studio, Lab of Misfits, takes a disruptive approach to research, partnering with brands to blend science, art, and performance to explore pivotal principles in current culture. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome to our new weekly No Barriers podcast series, where we continue to explore this extraordinary moment in our lives while remaining true to the theme that we've always emphasized here. What's within you is stronger than what's in your way. Special thanks to Prudential and Wells Fargo for their support of this podcast series. Well, Eric, welcome back. Another great conversation today. Dr. Bolato, hey, good morning here in Colorado, but uh, evening there in the UK, I know. So welcome to our No Barriers podcast. And uh, I'm so lucky that I got to meet you and uh, pulled you into our podcast because I know people will benefit from your story and uh, all the things that you've researched and uh, can illuminate for us right now. Well, it's, it's great to be here. And uh, whether or not I can illuminate, I, I think um, I, I hope to be illuminated at the same time. I love your talks. And uh, can you just give our listeners an example of the gap between how our brains are wired for this historical view of the world and the reality? Just like kind of make it really concrete. You have so many good examples from your talks. So one of the things we're experiencing right now is this tremendous sense of uncertainty, okay? But uncertainty is something that it happens every second of every day. We've evolved to deal with uncertainty. That's the beauty of the brain, which is that's evolved to evolve, it's adapted to adapt. One of the things that the brain does is it's continually redefining normality. People talk about this new normal. And in my talks, I talk about how that is a fundamental aim of the brain is continually redefining normality. It's constantly adapting. But what's powerful is that you can have agency in the direction of your adaptability, right? And so when you ask what's, what's one of the key steps we can do to deal with the panic we might be feeling, it's awareness. It's awareness of that you're doing it. 
and understanding why you're doing it. Understanding is, is remarkably powerful because choice only really happens when you know you have it. When you're conscious, you become aware, conscious of not just what you're doing, but why you're doing it. So often we are reflexively generating behaviors that are grounded in our assumptions and biases and much of which we, we inherited. They weren't even constructed by us. And then our brain tells us a post hoc narrative, say, well, the reason why I did that was this, right? And so we, we have this illusion of sort of, uh, of that conscious um, intention, but that's often just an illusion. It's only in being aware that you're actually reflexively responding that you have the possibility of changing that reflex. So the first step is just to become aware that that's what's happening. And so that's why understanding perception and becoming aware of how and why I perceive what I do in general and in particular suddenly gives you the possibility of choice. I think it's like super hard for for individuals you know, let's say you, you lost your job as millions and millions of Americans have recently lost their jobs or you had a loved one that you lost. How do you have that ability in the midst of you know, pretty big challenges in your life to pause and reflect on your response when you're all caught up in the moment? Yeah, I mean, it's a tremendous question and it's actually an exercise. It's a practice. This is not something that you suddenly just switch on. It's like lifting weights. Your brain is like a muscle. Right? It's not literally a muscle, but it's like a muscle. You use it or you lose it. Okay? And so this is a practice. It's in that moment that you, ha- that's actually, you could argue, the moment when you have actual freedom, actual choice. Because what your g- brain is going to do, it's going to look at the obvious. It's going to focus and attend on what it's always done before on those past reflexive meanings. That's what it's going to do. And there's nothing wrong with that in the sense that it's very natural. But it's in that moment you have the possibility of attending away from the obvious. So if you're driving down the road, if your listeners are driving down the road and you experience, we've all experienced, so we're driving down the road, we're in a traffic jam, and yet the accident's in the opposite direction. Why on earth am I in a traffic jam? And it's because everybody is looking, right? They're looking at the obvious because we attend to shiny objects, we attend to high contrast, right? Now, try not attending to it. Try attending away from it. A loud noise, someone whispers your voice in the far corner, you attend to it. It's hard not to. So yes, when, though, when that moment and you're completely overwhelmed, it's in that moment that you have the possibility not of doing something else, but of just stopping of pausing, right? The first step to go from A to B is not B. The first step is to go from A to not A, right? Hmm. And and it's not to not feel the feeling. It's to trying to not attach the meaning to the feeling that you attached before, right? It's a crazy idea to say if something terrible or sad has happened, oh, don't feel the terrible, sad thing. That would be delusional. Feel it, but try not to attach um, the, the meaning to it that I'm a bad person, I cause this, etc. Let yourself feel the feeling. And then through behavior, you try to change the meaning of that feeling. And then the next step is to try to be proactive, to have agency in where you're going to go. You can choose what to attend to. You can look away, you can attend away from the obvious. What you don't have control over is where you're going to go from there. 
But then what you can do is create an environment that creates the possibility of going to a new place. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, um, a we work with a lot of veterans and, um, you know, when I lead groups in the mountains, inevitably you have, you know, you have a lot of folks with trauma, right? They've, they've had trauma. And so like their behavior and their sort of perceptions are so ingrained and you always see one of the vets in the beginning of the process trying to what I call blow things up, right? They're like, oh gosh, you know, like this isn't going to work out for me. I already know it. So I might as well blow it up like right now so I don't get crushed and get my hopes and expectations, you know, too far here. It's like I'll, I'm going to blow it up so I can just be familiar with my past patterns. Yes. Does that, does that make sense? That, that makes complete sense because if we, I personally think one of the, the, the fundamental challenge of the brain and of every, any living system is dealing with uncertainty. We hate uncertainty. Almost every behavior we do is an attempt to decrease it. There are only certain contexts in which we actually seek to increase uncertainty, which we can talk about. Um, so to step into uncertainty is a very scary place because during evolution, dying was easy. Staying alive, that's what was hard, right? And so, because there are more ways of dying than staying alive. So as soon as you become uncertain, you've literally statistically increased the probability of death. You know, if everything was fine, you, and you're, you had your, your roof of your head and you had your food and you had your family in a fire, what a stupid idea to go see what's on the other side of the hill, right? <laughs> you would have just literally increased the probability of dying. So we engineer life for familiarity because familiarity is safe. The irony is that, of course, if we only stay safe, we never adapt, we never evolve, we never change, we can never innovate. So we're kind of caught in this place where I want familiarity because that's safe and it increases the chances of surviving. And I'll engineer my whole environment around it. Companies do this, right? Businesses do this. They're creative once and then they try to maximize efficiency. And then the, that's a great idea if the world never changed. But as we are experiencing now, in a very extreme way, the world does change. And so you have to change with it. So you actually have to go see on the, what's on the other side of that hill. You know, you hear all in this pop psychology, you're supposed to love change. You're supposed to love uncertainty. People always with me, they're like, you know, when I'm starting these processes, like going out and kayaking or learning to climb or something, new project they're like oh you just forge into the great unknown and you're yeah. such, so positive no way i am freaking terrified absolutely i hated it at the time i hated it at the time i look back and i think okay i'm proud of the way i i i kept going and was resilient but at the time i am not having a great time no <laughs> absolutely i completely agree with you why why is it so important that we adapt i mean like what's what's the result of being adaptable in our lives and in the world? When your brain is more adaptable, you have the increased probability of thriving. But it's also the nature of the way of being that's adaptable that also facilitates your uh, wellness. So for instance, if you feel you're more adaptable, your fear of uncertainty will decrease because you feel like you will be able to be agile to something that you haven't experienced before. So your cortisol levels will go down, for instance. Now when cortisol, 
Cortisol is a hormone that gets increased when we are stressed. A lot of people right now are experiencing high levels of cortisol, which is also affecting their dreams, by the way. People now are experiencing very strong dreams, and it's because your brains are now in a sort of a constant level of low-level panic. Okay, cortisol levels are elevated, respiratory rates are high, etc. Okay, so when that stays high for a long period of time, cortisol in particular, then what happens is your immune system actually starts deteriorating. You become more susceptible to illness, and if you get an illness, the response will be stronger. That's the last thing we want right now. Your brain cells can actually start withering and dying. Your creativity goes down. You become a more extreme version of yourself. If you're liberal, you become liberal. If you're conservative, you become conservative. Why? Because you're going to a place of familiarity. You're trying to get certainty. You also become more gullible, which is why we see one consequence of a disempowered brain is you start seeing patterns where no pattern exists. The illusions that I make on my website, they actually get stronger. That's why we're experiencing more conspiracy theories. Why? Because people are trying to find patterns because they're trying to find certainty. When you have a disempowered brain, you need certainty so much that you'll start grasping and you'll start finding relationships that don't actually exist. So if you become adaptable, that way of being of being adaptable increases the possibility of thriving. Well, Bo, I'd love to finish coming back to kind of this present moment in our lives. For those listeners who are still kind of caught up in the moment of all this uncertainty and how to manage it, what's some real practical advice for how to get started on a path towards making progress with getting comfortable with the uncertainty? It's a great question. But the first one is, again, to understand that what you're experiencing is natural. It's normal. It's okay. But you can also have agency over it. You can become proactive rather than reactive. And we can become proactive in things that actually, for instance, physical health. So some, some practical solutions, not solutions, but practical ways of, uh, of experiencing is that you see people, especially at the beginning, rushing to the grocery store to fill their physical pantries, mainly with toilet paper. Right? What was that about? <laughs> right? And that was about trying to find certainty. That was about trying to exhibit some element of an empowered brain, which means I have control over my fate. And so that's what I, that's unconsciously what people were trying to do getting a sense of control in a situation for which there was little. Because what we're experiencing for the very for many people for the very first time for biologists and for yourself we are fundamentally interconnected it can't be different that is biology that is life and that realization can be very scary for people because it means that their life doesn't just belong to them it means that they are not in complete control of their fate it means someone else can affect them now we have something else that they can't even see that can have an effect on their body that they have no control over. So when people are panicking, going out and filling their pantries, my suggestion is, because they're getting prepared, prepare your body. The probability in time of getting the infection is probably relatively high for everybody, given enough time, right? So a body that is physically prepared for that is more likely to do better. So prepare your physical self 
Get your respiratory, exercise your respiratory system, exercise your heart. Go out walking, go out exercising, being proactive in that sense will also decrease your cortisol because it will give you a sense that you're being proactive in the world, that you have some element of control. Basically, it's activate your prefrontal is the message. Mm. Yeah. Well, Bo, tell our listeners where they can go to learn more about your work. So they can go to a number of places. Um, the main p- destination is the lab of misfits.com. And we have, uh, we've, we created a new section on the site, which is called community. And in that we are now creating a series of not just blogs, but content on thriving and uncertainty. And then we have Instagram and the other usual channels. And as always, listeners, you can go to our show notes at nobearspodcast.com to access all the things that Bo just mentioned to find out more and learn more. Bo, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you and learn from you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's always great to see you, Eric, and see you as well. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, Eric, what did you hear from today's conversation that stood out for you? So many of the the uh, pioneers, the thought leaders that we've interviewed have started with awareness. And man, I learned this when I was kayaking and, you know, you're on the surface of the river and you're experiencing all this energy getting knocked around, but really the energy is coming from the very bottom of the river. It's like the currents hitting rocks and going over drops and it's so far down there. And I mean, essentially, I, I mean, in my way, that's what Bo has been studying, how to dive into the brain and understand uh, what's going on inside of us. And again, um, a big part of it is is not going through the world, quote unquote, blind, but actually diving in and being aware of, of your perception of the world and yourself and and the way that you um, your senses work. And all of that is just so, for me, illuminating. Yeah, so true. Well, Again, listeners, nobearspodcast.com is where you can find today's show notes. If you are interested in joining No Barriers for our upcoming No Barriers Summit, we've had to move that virtual, but we're pretty excited about the experience we've created. You can learn more at nobarriersummit.org and join us live June 26th, 27th. If you can't make it those dates, uh, we'll have virtual recordings of everything and ways for you to access it. But it's going to be an extraordinary celebration of the power of the human spirit to transcend what we're facing right now in our lives. So thank you all for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. No barriers. The production team behind this podcast includes senior producer Pauline Schaefer, executive producer Diedrich Jonk, sound design, editing, and mixing by Tyler Kotman, graphics by Sam Davis, and marketing support by Megan Lee and Carly Sandsmark. Special thanks to the Dan Ryan Band for our intro song, Guidance. And thanks to all of you for listening. We know that you've got a lot of choices about how you can spend your time, and we appreciate you spending it with us. If you enjoy this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe to it, share it, and give us a review. Show notes can be found at nobarrierspodcast.com. And soon they will be fine.